0: We got what it takes for the cycle to break, revolution is in me. I belong, I belong, I belong, I belong. Hi you guys, welcome to the Untamed and Unashamed podcast. This is a place where together we can navigate through life's ups and downs with all of the vulnerability, compassion, and openness that we can muster, celebrating our bravery and all of it. Along with the help of guests from all walks of life, we'll discover new truths while doing some unlearning and we'll gain valuable tools for becoming who we already are while also uncovering our divine gifts. I'm Jade Bryce and I'm so thankful that you're here. All right, upcoming episodes after this one is a two-part series with Mark gaffney from the erotic and the holy and a return to eros which i'm so excited about he's one of my favorite writers and it was an incredible conversation i'm so excited to air it today is a solo cast about what may feel like a hard topic my uncoupling from my previous relationship my first safe and healthy love I thought I'd air this a few months ago, especially because we uncoupled last year in October, but I wanted to honor myself and only do it when it felt nourishing to do so. It still felt important to do because for the past few years, I have brought my life to this podcast and that meant sharing so much of the relationship that I was in and it feels good in my body and in my heart to also honor this relationship in its ending by bringing it here again and so much gratitude. Before I get into the meat of this episode, I wanted to share a few invitations that I have for you if you're going through an uncoupling. So the first one is that I truly feel that we can't lose the partner that we're meant to be with. That's just not how it works to me. And that truth allowed my spirit to rest. So I wanted to offer it to you. The second one is, I also deeply believe that the ending of a relationship is as holy as the entering of it. And my hope is that by the end of this episode, you will feel nourished in that truth. Third, is that something that really helped me, that I'll invite you to, is every time you want to text that person that you parted with, and there's just that attachment there that you're having a hard time letting go of, and you're wanting to reach out to them. Have a few orgasms and then see how you feel after instead. It's likely you will feel differently and that your need will be met in a different way. If that's not something that feels accessible or possible for you currently, then put on a feel-good song and just dance and just keep dancing until your body has flooded with the feel-good chemicals that pleasure brings and breathe. Lastly, another thing that was really helpful that I'll invite you into is to make a list of all that you desire in a partnership and in a partner and look at how much of your desires were not aligned with that relationship. If it ended, it's likely that there were a lot of misalignments and just seeing it on paper can be really helpful. Okay. So I'm going to speak on all the things that I want to praise him for and all the ways that he healed me for all the ways that he was the best partner that I had had, for all of the reasons that he softened me and helped me to blossom. I'm going to share some of my favorite stories, and I'll share some of the crumblings, and then I'll share some of my hopes. And in all of this, I speak from pure gratitude and from pure trust in the mystery of it all. Here it goes. About seven years ago, I went through a breakup from a very toxic relationship, and I knew that I was done with toxic relationships at this point. I was ready to be oh so intentional. So for nine months, I was abstinent, and I got really clear about what I wanted. I did ayahuasca every single month those nine months to reprogram, and I made a list of what I was now available for. That list was 18 very specific qualities that I desired in a partner. And around that nine month mark, I met a man. He was my first match on a dating site. I had listened to, I think it was a Matthew Hussey episode podcast about dating sites and it piqued my curiosity. So I thought I'd get on just to see. And me and this man... Went really slow. We we texted for weeks before we ever met in person. Um, we continued to talk for months before we were ever intimate, and then months longer before he met my kids. And while that list of eighteen qualities is very different from the one that I have today, he was everything on the list at that time. He was the opposite of all of my past partners. I had been with a man that, if I didn't do the dishes in a timely manner, would throw them all in the trash to punish me. This new man, he did the dishes himself? I had never seen that. I had been with a man that would cuss me out for taking a nap because he thought I was being lazy, so I would pretend to go to yoga so I could take a nap in my car if I was tired. This new man, he made me bath surrounded by candles and invited me to relax. I had been with men that nearly choked me to death, bruised my face, threatened my life and threw me from moving vehicles. This new man, he was calm. In three years of being with him, he never called me a name or was aggressive. He never even slammed a door. I remember our first heated argument over a mattress and he said, all right, now I'm getting angry. And it was the cutest dang thing I ever saw because it was so pure and innocent And just, there was no aggressiveness in it. He stayed calm though, in conflict always. In fact, he loved on me in conflict. We'd be mid fight and he'd come hug me and ask me to breathe with him so that we could regulate. And Paul Selig, my favorite channeler, when we first got together, referred to him as the man who remembered to bring home the milk. And he did for years, If I needed headphones, he stopped and grabbed them. He brought me home chocolate and flowers when he grocery shopped. Also, he grocery shopped. I hadn't seen that. He showered my children in gifts. He gave me flowers and cards. He left little notes. He was romantic. I contributed, but he provided a home. And even in the uncoupling, he helped me move and put together the kids' bunk beds He installed a water filter, new lights, and bought me a ladder so that I could reach things when I moved out of his home. Such a good man. He was the first man that ever had blinders on for me, the first man that I felt safe with romantically. All he had to do was smile at me, and I would soften. His touch had a softening effect on me as well. And I truly felt like the only woman in his world. That feeling can make you think that all your childhood pain is gone. I remember meeting him for the first time at Mozart's on Lake Austin at that little table by the water. used to be my favorite table for writing at in my 20s. And I had just done the nine months of celibacy and gotten really clear on what I desired in my next partner. And I told him that. And instead of him viewing me as high maintenance or someone with too high of expectations, he told me that he didn't want to waste my time. So to let him just see the list and he would give me his honest assessment of whether he was the the man or not, that I described. And I was really in awe of that. He was also the first partner that cared about me receiving pleasure in our intimacy. Lovers had given me pleasure before, but it had always felt like it was for their egos, not actually for me. And majority of my partners, most of them, treated me like a human masturbation tool. But this man... He cared about my pleasure in a way that I hadn't experienced. I remember in the beginning telling him that I wasn't experiencing pleasure, which I never would have ever been able to speak to any of my previous partners. I would have been called selfish. But this man, he took charge. I felt so nervous that we weren't sexually compatible. I shared this with him so vulnerably, unsure of how he would respond. Previous partners would have said, I've never had a problem before or just simply be offended. I shared this with so much gentleness and instead of running away, he leaned in. He said he'd learn. He came up with a game plan for that night on how we could connect better. And oh my God, you guys, this was so healing for me. So incredibly healing. I had never experienced anything like this and it opened something in me. I began to feel safe to experience my pleasure and my sexuality in a way I never had before and this unlocked something in me finally something in this core part of me unlocked and because of that safety I began to be able to heal my sexual trauma as well I had never been safe enough to do so before he learned and studied my body until he became an expert at it and it helped me become an expert at it too it's an amazing thing what safety and love can do for you the safety allowed me to blossom Ugh, and blossom. I did at a rapid rate. It was like I played catch up from all the years I had to stay tightly in a bud. And when I blossomed, I blossomed into a flower. He had not realized he had been watering a very, very wild flower that worshipped nature and the sun in a way that is seen by many as witchcraft and unholy, a wild flower that some were taught to call a weed. Even still, I did want him to pick me but he knew deep down he'd have to leave me wild or leave me be and there was no taming me. I had chosen an initiation of untamed and unashamed and with every taming or shaming my inner collie would seek to liberate for him and for me. And so my belonging in this wound, my religious wound and my worthiness wound, those three core wounds, they all opened and they in turn opened his abandonment wound as well. And this didn't become toxic, but we were no longer blossoming. We were no longer healthy because you see the story I share is not just mine. It was his too. I loved him in a way that fed his evolution, that fed his king. And he blossomed into the man he was meant to be. And who he was meant to be, his table could no longer hold space for my queen. And even knowing now this pain, would I still have walked the same path in our relationship? This path to our very different thrones that ended up in different homes? Yes, absolutely. Because that's what love is. Love leads you to more freedom. And even though his freedom looks differently than mine, and there was a lot of heartache, we are both more free. And I, I have to be free. And I want anyone that I love to be more free. If we had stayed, and we did love each other enough to, we would have been abandoning ourselves. And that's not self-love. And if we had changed for each other, to be honest, it still wouldn't have been guaranteed. Our ego likes to tell us that if we just do X, we'll get Y. But control, it's always an illusion. And love and control are opposites. Love is the moment you give up the controlling vision. And as our next guest, Mark Gaffney says, This applies to God too. If we love the divine, we have to give up controlling the divine. We try to control God with theology, what God does, what God's nature is. We treat God like a cosmic vending machine. And the new version of this is New Age principles. Even if I wanted to change, I couldn't. It wasn't a lack of love, y'all. I couldn't change these parts of me. It's too deeply a part of my Dharma. I can't stop speaking about sexuality and the healing of merging it with spirituality. I can't. It's too much of what I'm here for. I don't even feel I have much of a choice in this. That's how much it wants to come out of me and to even try that would be shutting down my voice. So in so much love, we let each other go. And while my wounds, those three wounds that I spoke of got deeper And while going through a breakup with a man who was so great in a lot of ways was incredibly hard, what would have been harder is knowing that we weren't fully chosen for who we are at our cores. That's a wound that would have only gotten deeper. And the only way that wound could be healed was through us choosing ourselves. When others don't choose us, we have to choose ourselves and we have to do what's true. And in the uncoupling We held each other while we cried. It was a very long uncoupling process that we worked really hard at and that provided so much healing in itself. He was still there for me when I struggled with questions and that shows me how strong and true his love was. While I experienced waves of missing him, I found romance and sacredness and recalibration in the parts of myself that couldn't be chosen. When I read the Kabbalistic Tantra of Hebrew mysticism during our uncoupling process, which is something that we were heavily misaligned in, there was this feeling of romance and falling in love and that feeling of, oh, this is going to change my life and I cannot deny it or run from it. It's in my being. Hmm. And so I found my romance there. I believe the story of Adam and Eve was a metaphor or a myth and a myth. And I also believe myth is not to be seen as any less than reality. I believe it can be even more powerful than reality. But had Adam and Eve really happened, I feel that this feeling I had would have been what Eve was feeling. It's my belief that the Bible starts with the Adam and Eve story to convince Christians that the woman is suspect, that she can't be trusted, that she will seduce you to the path of sin led by the serpent. And I am Eve. I am a serpent woman. I want the light and the dark. I want to find the light in the dark, in the taboo. That's my path. And that's where I also find God. That's why I can't live a life other than that of a tantrika and a mystic. But where I've really held an Eve wound is when I've allowed the illusion that I'm separate from God, that I'm not enough, that God is not within and that God is somewhere outside me. That's why Eve really bit the apple. She was convinced that she needed it. So when I struggled in this uncoupling, I found union in choosing the very parts of me that I would have had to deny in order to have felt fully chosen. And one choosing was internal and one was external. And when we're faced with having to choose between the internal and the external, we must choose the internal. I can feel that this wound, this religious wound, this Eve wound, this Magdalene wound, this wound of not being chosen because of my dharma and my path, my spirituality, was craving very specifically his acceptance and his love because he was Christian and because on some level that would feel like redemption It would feel like my 22-year-old self that lost my father figure pastor because I left the church was being told, you're still worthy of being chosen just as you are by a man who is also a follower of my same beloved Yeshua. But that wasn't going to happen. And like when I was 22, I could only find that grace and that acceptance at that beloved Yeshua's feet at my very altar that some Christians deem as sinful, in my pleasure practice. And Yeshua's presence was more real than ever. He soothed the very wound that he soothed in Mary, who I believe he was in sacred union with. And oh, the irony in all of this. And still, I'd rather be a Magdalene with a deep wound than anyone who would throw a stone And yes, I see my work in that sometimes I show up as both. I'm unfolding here. Sometimes a relationship needs to end for its own sake. Sometimes there's a time span for a relationship. It's a relationship for a time. So instead of reinterpreting the relationship and thinking of all the bad that they did or that we did, we can just know that it was a relationship for a time. We walked a path together. It was a sacred and a holy path together. And now for its own sake, it's ending so that we can walk. We can each walk a different path to ascend a different mountain. And I believe with all my heart that all these paths, they lead to the same place. It's okay if we don't all believe that. And if my belief does play out and I see him again, At the top of that mountain, I won't shake my head and say, I told you so. I'll wink and thank him for being a part of my path that still led me home. So about this man. He always dried my tears, especially if he caused them. I remember a day that I shared with someone some trauma that I had experienced from them and they told me that it never happened. And I remember going in my room, we, we, sh- we um, didn't share rooms for the last year of our relationship. I remember going in my room and just crumbling and him coming in and just speaking to me so softly and with so much care. And that was so healing for me and that experience. He was a good man He showered my children in gifts every birthday and Christmas. That was how he loved. That was the man that he was. He wrestled with them. He tickled them and he loved them. About two years into our relationship, we began to go down opposite paths. Me down a path of Tantra and non-dual spirituality and him down the path of Christianity. Neither better than the other. Both exactly what we needed, but no longer aligned. And I remember the three main crumblings and I know that his crumblings were different, but that he definitely had them too. But the spiritual misalignment, we just couldn't bridge that gap. And because of my religious trauma and being raised with how I access God heavily dictated, I also knew that this was a very rich opportunity for me to lean in and heal this religious wound. And every year at the end of the year, around my birthday in December, spirit shows me what my healing journey will be. And the year that we uncoupled, Spirit had told me just previously that I would be healing my religious trauma, even though I had no idea that my partner would be diving deeper into his Christianity. So I knew I couldn't just up and go without making peace with this. I wanted to be able to really use this opportunity, this misalignment to heal this religious wounding. And I did so much work around this, y'all. And I'm so thankful for the opportunity I was given. And I actually fell more in love with Yeshua, with Jesus throughout the process. My true beloved, he helped me through it all. So I am full of gratitude for this experience. I know that we both leaned into our truths and our paths. Another crumbling I will share, and I aim to not say this, in a way that speaks negatively in any way of him because he is a very good man and we are just very, very different. And I share this for a purpose when it comes to our expression and feeling chosen, but please hear this story for that purpose and with zero judgment towards him because he did nothing wrong. There was an experience where I was on a nude beach and I was running around nude in fucking complete bliss. I was being hit like, Tossed around by the waves. My hair was flying in my face. I mean, I I was like, I haven't felt this carefree and blissful and primal in so long. I was overwhelmed with ecstasy and gratitude. And I looked over. oh, And I just saw that my expression was just too much. I saw it in his face. I saw it in the way he was watching me. I heard it in his words. And I was just too much. And my heart broke. And these crumblings may not sound huge, but we both knew that we were no longer aligned. We were not doing the same work in the same direction. We both wished that we were. I just wasn't what he needed. But love, it wasn't the issue. And we had healed each other so much. And just like how right now recording this, I'm in Greece and I just met these women this week but I feel like they're my best friends already and I can cuddle them and I can eat dinner with them sitting around the table and run around naked on beaches together with none of us shaming each other's expression and we can feel completely free the way that I wanted to feel that other day on the beach and I can feel chosen by those around me and we can cry and we can laugh and we can connect even though we just met me and all these women here in Greece. All of that is possible because of the sisters that came before them that provided safety and that allowed me to be seen and still celebrated. Because all all of the sisterhood wound healings that I healed in myself, I can sit here with these beautiful women and feel gratitude for all the women that came before them because they were all gateways to this type of connection. I know in the same way that I will always be grateful to this man because in the future, just like I'm sitting with these women, I will be sitting with a beloved and I will be able to connect with him in ways and feel safe with him in ways because of the healing that I received in our relationship. And I know I was a gateway for him too and that in his next partnership, he will be able to go even deeper because of his experience with me. Our love was in no way wasted. As I shared earlier in this episode, when I went into my relationship with him, I had come from a long history of very, very abusive relationships that wounded me, that broke me, that terrified me. These experiences were extremely traumatizing. And he was the one that nursed all of those wounds. When he was in a bad mood and my PTSD from the previous relationships caused me to stoop into fear, it was the realization through being with him that nothing bad was going to happen just because he was in a bad mood. And that is going to allow me to be able to feel safe in my next partner's moods. I'll be able to nurture and nourish better because I won't have just come out of a place where I didn't feel safe to do so. And I cannot thank him enough. And I know that my integrity and my loyalty and my honesty healed some of his betrayal wounds from his past partners, and that will benefit his next relationship as well. In our last conversation together, we cried and thanked each other for all of the ways that we changed each other's lives for the better. The most important one to me was that he said that I made him a better father. And a few things that I want to share that I would have changed at hopes that they will encourage you in your relationship is that I really wish I would have protected our couple bubble. That's what Stan Tatkin calls it. (sighs) That we would have been in a couple bubble where we didn't go and vent to others and take on other people's opinions for our relationship. I wish I would have protected us in that way. And I wish that he would have done the same. I also wish that I would not have compared us to other couples or him to other men. Everyone has their shit. I compared us to so many people and after we were no longer together, I found out so many things where I was just mind blown about the people that I was comparing us to or him to and I did such a disservice to both of us and it was so dehumanizing for me to compare in that way to everyone. I also wish that I would have taken care of him better in his sickness. He had a... um, oh, I'm losing the word, a uh, immune, he had an immune issue, autoimmune disease. And his sickness really triggered my trauma because it felt like the only thing that existed and it would take up the room, just like the mental illnesses of those around me when I was a child or just like the abusers from my adult relationships. And I would go into protective mode. And I've learned so much from this experience. And that's something I wish I would have been better at. Two big things happened in our uncoupling. First, my provision wound came to the surface. He was the only man who ever provided a home for me and that felt like an actual provider in my entire life. And when I was going through the uncoupling and I was working with a peer around this and she was holding space for me, it brought me to a memory of when I was 12 and my birth dad had just gotten out of prison and it was pretty evident that I was a traumatized kid. I was being sexually abused by family members and there was a lot of trauma happening in my home as well. And he told me that he just needed a few weeks to get a vehicle and get a place and that I could start to come stay with him more and that he was going to provide a better life for me. And I could feel this from him. I could feel that he wanted to give this to me. I could feel this new opportunity for a different life. I saw him a couple more times and then... I was in my room with my backpack waiting to go see him again one weekend and my mom walked in and saw me and said, oh, you didn't know that he was back in jail? And in that moment, I promised myself that I would never, ever trust another man again. Definitely not to provide a better life. That I would never need another man to save me. So now this partner becoming a safe man that provided and me garnering up the strength to allow that relationship to end was another rich invitation to lean into that wound that provision wound and how source is my true provider and my true covering as a single mother this took so much trust and surrender but because of all this my inner child was really keeping her claws in But I surrendered and I opened up to the belief that while, yes, he as a man chose to take on this role in the physical form and I honor him for that, that he was also an agent of God, that God was providing for me through him and that God will still provide for me through multiple other sources and that I'm always covered. I am a daughter of the Most High and that is my ultimate provision. Another big healing point was that a few weeks after I moved out, oh, I hit this grief of just not having the family unit that I had imagined for myself and my children, that I was doing this alone, the only hands on deck, holding all of the fucking responsibility. Oh my God, you guys, it's so hard. We're not meant to do this alone. We're not even meant to do this just as a couple. We're meant to do this in a fucking village and community and me doing this by myself, Holy hell is it the hardest fucking thing I've ever done And then my kids also craving that masculine pillar in the home and me feeling that from them oh, And I was just trying to push the disappointment away and the pain and just push push pushing pushing it away of not of life not looking the way I had hoped. I had watched my mother be such a stressed out single mother, struggling to provide. I started working so young and giving her my checks and I had promised myself I would never end up a stressed out single mother where my kids got that experience. And this grief, it hit me fucking hard. I didn't want to be with any of my past partners. That wasn't what it was, but it was like the grief of all of the endings came in at once, all of the disappointments. And I was begging God in every practice to take away the pain I was basically at war with my heart. I only felt okay in my pleasure practice and when I was dancing. Because instead of holding my pain, I was begging it to go away. So much so that I was having heart palpitations like every 30 seconds to the point where some nights it would get so bad. I would make peace with death because I didn't know if my heart was going to give out on me. And then it got to the point where I actually had a mini stroke. And I had to go to the ER. And I believe that I've signed up for a life where I am on a fast track path of healing, but also a life where I've chosen to not be able to numb. I am a fully expressed woman who feels it all and is here to feel it all. That's my truth. And that is not what I was doing by pushing away my pain. And so my whole body was saying, no. And it caused a fucking mini stroke. And my realization while I was in the ER was that I was pushing away my pain and it just wanted to be felt. It just wanted to be accepted. It just wanted to be held. And so I put my hand on my heart and I said, you can be here to the pain. You can stay as long as you need. You don't have to go anywhere. You're welcome here. I don't want to be a person that is so cold that she doesn't feel pain after a three-year relationship ends. I don't want to be a person that can just move on without grieving. I want to love with every ounce of my being, even if it means that I have to hurt with every ounce of my being when that love ends in the form of a relationship. I had those heart palpitations happen for two months up until that mini stroke up until that ER visit. And when I put my hand on my heart and said yes to the pain, the palpitations stopped. I didn't have a single one after that. My heart was able to just be. I wasn't at war with it anymore. I want to thank my dear sisters, Oma and Kathy for holding me so deeply in this process. Thank you sisters. Thank you, great spirit, for these sisters. It feels important for me to share, too, that this partner not only saved me in the sense that he provided the first relationship that was safe and loving, but he actually physically saved my life when I almost bled to death after a combo ceremony. By the time he got me to the ER, I had lost six units of blood. Had he not been there? Had he not rushed me to the ER? I wouldn't be here and then after the ER after me being there for five days with transfusions he nerves me back to health the level of gratitude I have for this man is unsayable I feel that with each partner from our past we can pull from what we enjoyed and mock up what we desire in our future partner this was so incredibly helpful for me in my grieving process. Remembering that I didn't lose any qualities or flavors of a person. I can have those with another. And he can too. Those qualities are not limited to one person. That's abundance mindset. I can be even more intentional now in what I desire in a mate. That list that I started out with years ago is now completely different and it's a hell of a fucking lot longer. <laughs> but it still includes the parts of our relationship that I want to keep in my next one. Like how I loved his calm energy even a, in a hectic ah, even in a hectic parking lot where he couldn't find a parking spot. He was so calm even when I lost his motorcycle key. He was calm. He, he laughed about it. I felt so safe with him when it came to loyalty. I had never experienced a man have blinders on like that. He also had amazing handyman skills, and I knew if there was ever an issue, he could handle it. And not just around the house, but with our conflict as well. He was the best conflict buster. Although we both lacked touch in the last half of our relationship, his touch was very soothing for me. He also was extremely silly and would chase me around the house when I was cranky and tickle me to lighten my mood. He would grab me and tickle me until I was squealing with laughter, telling me to say that I was sorry. And I loved all of these things so much. And I keep these in my heart for what I want in my next relationship. I also desire in my next partnership to not feel like too much ever to always feel that he can hold my intensity, that he can hold all of me, that he can watch me in my full expression, whatever that looks like and celebrate it. And I can see that in his eyes and his smile. I can hear it in his words. Even if I seem like an exhibitionist, knowing but I'm mostly an exhibitionist when it comes to love. I desire that he sees the goddess in me, the Mary Magdalene, the Lakshmi, the Isis, and that he worships it instead of fears it, that he knows that my body is a temple and that our sex is a way to connect not only to each other, but also to God. I desire for him to love my children so well as soon as he meets them, that he dances with us in the mornings, that he makes me his prey from the moment he meets me, that he isn't suspicious of my curiosity or my magic. Oh, this is important. But that he loves it. He stands in awe of it. And uh, his presence. This is something I haven't experienced. But I actually already feel his presence with me. I don't really know how to explain it but I already feel him and there's so much more to these desires but in this moment I feel really hopeful I know that I'm going to I'm going to know him when I see him by his presence because of how deeply I can feel it in my space and that's just I don't know how to explain that but it's such an interesting feeling I remember being in Costa Rica with that past partner for dinner at a restaurant on the beach, watching this older couple dance barefoot in the sand to the live band. Something about the woman reminded me of Elizabeth Gilbert, the way she danced with abandon, the way she kept her lover's eye gaze. Uh, And I wanted to get up and dance, but I felt so paralyzed in the knowing that we were over. This was like maybe eight months before our uncoupling finalized. So he didn't yet know it, but I did. And I was lonely in that knowing and in the relationship. And I know he was too. I know he was lonely too. And I sat there feeling all of that. And I looked up and that woman was standing at our table, smiling at me. She took my hand and brought me out to dance with her. I felt stiff but began to shake it off with each hip sway. We laughed and hugged and jumped up and down in the sand and she grabbed my face and she said, I was watching you and the man that you're with, you guys haven't looked at each other once. Look around you. Look at where you are. Look at all the beauty around you. Look at yourself. Look at the beauty in yourself. Look at your magic. You're magic, you're full of light, I can see it. That man doesn't see it. He doesn't see you. He hasn't looked at you once. That's not the man for you. This stranger, this bold ass woman holding my face (laughs) with our feet in the sand was speaking all this to me. And she had a pendant on and it was a Mary Magdalene pendant. And I knew the truth was being spoken but you know what? I also knew it was true for him too. He's a great man and I was no longer seeing him. We weren't seeing each other. We couldn't look up at each other. We were missing out on this dance, on the beauty around us, on the beauty in front of us, the beauty and magic in each other. And we we're meant to be dancing I walked into the relationship with him with path, with post-traumatic stress. I walked into the relationship with him with post-traumatic stress and I walked out with post-traumatic growth, standing back up transformed, knowing that although the romantic love is gone, the wisdom, the healing gained remains. Just like what I saw in an ayahuasca ceremony, my heart was dry mulch. When he found me dry fucking mulch and he pulled a ton of weeds from my heart and he planted flowers, flowers that someone else will get to enjoy and tend to, that will blossom into an entire field with that tending and that nourishing. But man, did he do some heavy gardening. I'm a different woman. (sighs) That same around that same time, I also had a huachuma and mushroom ceremony where I was sitting in this like shallow murky water. (sighs) And there was all this moss and it was like, didn't even really look like water I should be sitting in. And there was this log. And on the other side of the log was this deep, beautiful water. The sun was shining on it. The sun was not in the area I was in, but it was shining on the other side of the log. There were ecstatic butterflies and it was beautiful. It was a place you'd want to swim. But I was just sitting in this shallow, murky water right by this dark deer forest. And the medicine said, this is 23% of you. This is all you've known of yourself. And so it's all you've been able to offer to anyone. But that log's going to be removed. And on the other side of that log is the other 77%. And there's going to come a partner where he's going to get all of you and he's going to know about this 23%. He's going to know about it and it's not going to scare him away, but he's going to get to swim in that 77%. Hmm. And I didn't remove that log for that partner. Uh, but it's removed now. And he did the heavy fucking lifting. And as much as I'm sorry, I'm also thankful. And I will always be in deep gratitude for this man. And like Billy says at the end of Sex Life, if you watched it on Netflix, (laughs) at the end of your life, you will either look back and say, I wish I had, or I'm glad I did. And with him, I will always be glad that I did. I came out softer. And that's just one of the ways that I know that I was loved well. Mm, And I pray, I pray he can say the same. This is not an ending. This is the beginning of something new. A change of shape that was a necessary part of both of our growths. Love is open. Love is accepting. Love lifts the other and supports their growth towards their unique needs as an ever-evolving and unfolding person. Love also releases when the time calls for release. Love welcomes change when it's for the highest good. Love carries on when all else dissolves. Our relationship dissolved. Our love carries on. But we got what it takes. (laughs) of <laughs>